Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. The last week, seven days, one or two things just happened that I noticed that was, the one was a bit funny, but serious, and the one, other one was serious, that I want to share with you before I start. I don't know who of you, I don't know if, if, if you also, I have that habit that I look at all those MS in highlights when I open my computer every day. And about a week ago, there was one of a guy who joined a search party looking for him. I don't know if you, any of you have read that. <laughs> Apparently that went viral all over the world. Obviously, it, I, th I think it was quite funny. But when I read the story, what happened was this guy went out with his friends and he, he got so drunk and all of them apparently were quite drunk. It was, happened in Turkey and um, they couldn't find him. So they went and go to the police and to all the authorities and they started the search party for this guy because they couldn't find him at all. And then for some reason he joined the search party. And after an hour or two, I can't remember, I, one article said about an hour, he was saying to somebody next to him, who are they looking for? Yeah, I am. So, and, and then he asked the police not to be very harsh on him because he was afraid of his parents is going to kill him for doing this. But he was, he's 50 years old, this guy. And then somebody somewhere in the world made a comment and he said, which to me was the serious part, he said, isn't he just part of many of us who's actually looking for ourselves? The other one that I actually heard on Friday when I was driving, the, um, I can't remember which station, I just jump in between stations all the time when I'm driving. And they had an interview, I don't know if any of you maybe have heard it, it was around about, I can't remember, 12, one somewhere around there with a lady who uh, is called a yoga retreat instructor or something like that. And they had the interview with this lady and, and the, woman, the, the, guy, the woman who interviewed her said, asked her the question, she said, what does yoga mean to you? And the first answer was everything. Now, I don't know how many of us know the history of yoga and where it comes from, but I, you can go and read it up yourself and see what, what, what is behind yoga. It's so sad to hear somebody with so much enthusiasm preaching a gospel of this is what you need. And then I ask myself, how, how much enthusiasm do I have when I not talk about Jesus but live him because it's not about talking alone it's a talking and living and that that just struck me and I thought I think we that call ourselves Christians 
need to answer that question to ourselves. And I'm, I'm, during this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask a couple of um, maybe uneasy questions, if you don't mind. I feel we need to ask ourselves all the time. Look at the scripture. Look at ourselves. And say, say to ourselves, where do we stand? How seriously be, do I believe the, the Bible I'm reading is the Word of God, and being the Word of God is the only real truth. I don't say there's no truth in any science. I don't say that. But the only real truth is the Bible, the Word of God. So we can always go back to that. And later on, we'll, we'll show a video clip that, that I found very encouraging to myself and something that I need to look at and think and ask God to, to change my heart, that, that I'm as, not as, but more enthusiastic about my relationship with him than this woman is about her yoga. We have so much to offer the world, and the question is, do we do it? So the question, if I'm looking at this guy that was searching for himself without knowing it, and the woman who's offering people help in world situations, in, in stress situations, in whatever they have, a solution, what are we searching for? What am I searching for? And I want to read Acts 17, verse 22 to 34. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the object of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Isn't that the answer that people are looking for when they will contact this yoga instructor? We have God. We have everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling, of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. So much for for all these, and I'm going to call it by the name, people about racial issues all over the world. What does the scripture say? And he made from one man 
and he decided where and when people will live. This is the God we serve. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the, by the art and by imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from the midst, from their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Paul wasn't ashamed to tell these people who were sort of the well known for all their philosophies and world knowledge, the, the Greeks of that. Can you hear me? Okay, that's better now. Paul stood up for what he believed in. Do we think he was he was clever in how he handled the Greeks that time, or do we believe in what he said? Is it part of my belief? What this scripture said to me is, and, and this is just the highlights out of this that I'm taking, God is the source of life. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit further. He created heaven and earth. He does not live in temples. He determines which nation lives where. Mankind must seek him to get to know him. He is not far from us. My question is, if he's not far from us, why do we battle to find him? How often do we, do we struggle to hear God? I don't know about you, but I find it quite often, especially when I'm in a pressure at work situation or some relationship with some family or whatever. It, it becomes difficult to hear God, to be with him, and we need to look at that today. I hope we can. God wants us to seek him. God gave us a lot of instructions, in, in the, specifically in the Old Testament. Exodus 18 verse 15, where Moses said, because the people come to see God's will. You must actually read the whole scripture to see exactly what he meant by that. I'm just taking out the way he said, see God, seek the Father. 1 Chronicles 22 verse 19. So set your minds and hearts to seek the Lord. 
2 Chronicles 14 verse 4, commanding Judah to seek the Lord God and the, and the ancestors and to keep the law and the commandments. I'm going to refer to this a little bit later. And I think Jeremiah 29, he said, yeah, it's there. I didn't know whether I put it on there. When you look for me, you will find me. When you wholeheartedly seek me, I will let you find me, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I, I've scattered you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from, place, from the place where you are being held captive. What place is that? It's a place where they don't do, they don't live, they can't live free for, for God, they don't have the relationship with God. The Hebrew word that, that's used in, in these scriptures for see God is used a bit more than 200 times in the Old Testament. It's bakwash, you, and it means, it's got a lot of meanings. It means aim. If I look at that, have you ever heard that the Hebrew word, I can't rem remember exactly what it is now, but the Hebrew word for sin actually means missing the target. Now, if, if this seeking God means aim as well, it means missing God. It means a relationship is gone or not there. Same thing. It means beg, it means concerned, consulted, demand, desire, eager, inquired, pled, pursuit, search, seek. That's a lot of the meanings that word is. So what I, whatever one I use, it comes down to I'm looking, it means a, I'm looking for a relationship with God. If I look for a relationship with God, what does Jeremiah say? I will find it. The questions I'm asking, and, and the songs that we sang this morning, I don't know if you really registered the words that we were singing. I often stand there and I sing, sing and then afterwards I realized I don't know what we, what we sang. I I, I liked it, and it was enjoyable, but did I really sing with my heart? Did I really see God when I'm singing? Did I really praise God? And I'm going to remind you of a couple of the words that we sang this morning. And if we read the scripture that we just say, who is God? He's the one who creates. He's the one who dictates. He's the one who rules. This is what we've read, what Paul said to the people. But we sang, for all the things he has done, we will worship him. Praise him with all your heart. It's all about you, Jesus. We live for you. Show us who you are. There is no one like you. The, Jesus, the only one who can ever save. This is a couple of the sentences we sang this morning. And, and I pray today that this will be in my heart, not only today, but every day, every minute of every day. That's a relationship with God. 
And that's where I want myself to be. And I pray that we all, as a body of Christ, will get to that point that we constantly look and search God so that he can change our life. That is my other question I want to ask. If I listened to the message of last week, actually listen to the message every week, how much does it change my life? Do I go out here and just carry on with my life? And this was a good time. We had a nice, we, we sang, we enjoyed this, the worship, we enjoyed the sermon. But how much does it actually change my life? I often, I often say to, to, to our small group, if I read my Bible now and it doesn't change my life now, I must ask myself, what am I doing? If I come to church and I worship with my brothers and sisters, if I get the teachings, whatever, and it doesn't change my life, I'm walking out the same person I was before. What, is, what are we doing? <coughs> About a year and a half ago, um, God woke me up one night and he, he, I clearly know he instructed me to, to write down a lot of things and I'm still busy with that. It's a year and a half now. I think I'm at page 50 or 60 at the moment. I can look back over these 18 months or so and I can see because I save this every time I write. And I can see the dates where I didn't read, where I didn't pray, where I didn't ask God to show me what he wants, what he wants to tell me. And the one thing, well, there's many things which I think was really incredible that I've learned over this period, but one of them is a question that I, that I ask to every Christian. And I ask that for myself in the first place. Is Christianity part of my life or is it my life? The way I walk, the way I talk, whatever I do, whatever happens, is it my life or is it part of my life? If I take it a little bit further, if you are an attorney or a doctor or a student or whatever, are you, what is your actual calling? Is it to be the doctor or is it to be the Christian? Am I, am I a Christian doctor or am I a doctor Christian? Think about that. And that I'm just, I don't see any doctors here today, but I'm just, oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot you're a doctor as well. But, but that's my point, is what, what am I? Because that will determine how I do my work, not the other way around. And it's, it, doesn't, it maybe doesn't seem important, but it is, because that, that is what my heart is. I just want to, I think it's the next slide, seeking means building a relationship. 
we must remember, and I'm not going to read all those scriptures, I think they are all there on here, so you can read them, but I'm just going to say a couple of things about them. Jesus and the Father is one. It's a relationship. And there are many scriptures that Jesus invites us to have a relationship with him, to seek him. By the way, there's no scripture in the New Testament that actually says, seek Jesus. But if we look at all the situations, everything, all the teachings, it is very clear that we can pull it through to see God, which is many mentioned many times in the Old Testament, and Jesus is God. I've been called a, a fundamentalist, and I don't, if that is what they want to call me, they can call, they can call me that. I don't mind. Because what I say is, what the Bible says is the truth. We once had an incident where there was a person in a group that we were talking, and there was some cook sisters. I don't know if all of you know what a cook sister is, but there were some cook sisters on the table, and this person said to me, cook sisters is also the truth, but it's not in the Bible. And I said to somebody else afterwards, you know, if you look at the scripture, 2 Timothy 2 verse 16 and 17, if a cook sister was relevant to me being saved, it would have been in the Bible. I'm 100% sure of that. But it's not, so it's not in the Bible. It might be the truth, it might be real, but it's not relevant to, my, to, to, to be me being saved. Why do we need to, to seek Jesus? What does Jesus say about himself? I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. What more do we want than life and truth and being on the way? Jesus is not just the door to God, but he's also the journey, the path and the way. He is the source of all truth and knowledge about God. What did Jesus say to his disciples? If you know me, you know the Father. If we know Jesus, we know the Father. As simple as that. It's in the Bible. So we, well, all we need to do is seek Jesus. Then we will not tell the Father. And if we know the Father, he will tell us what to do and when to do. I, I am also one of the people that strongly believe that we need, we always need to think about eternity. There's lots of scriptures about that as well. I'm not going into that today. But if, I'm, if I want to live for eternity, there's only one way to get there, and it's through Jesus. I need a relationship with Jesus to spend time in eternity. What we have now on earth is part of eternity, but it is not eternity yet. How many people, and I'm going to say this, people calling themselves Christians are living as if this is eternity. Sometimes we are ignorant. Sometimes we just don't think about it. But I think we deliberately need to think about eternity and what is eternity really. Jesus said, uh, that was in John 13, 13, 14, I think. Yeah, 14, John 14. If you read the New King James translation, it says, I am going to prepare many mansions 
Now, if you think you live on a mansion on earth, it's going to be nothing against what there is. Now, you want to be living in a mansion on earth for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years maybe? Or you want to live in a mansion for eternity after this, where, like I think Philip mentioned it last week as well, a million years from now we will be in the beginning of eternity. That's a reality. We, we, we tend to say the reality is what we see. That is what the f- philosophers and the whoever wants to propagate um, um, is to, to say this is reality, what you see, what you do. Reality is to know Jesus. Reality is to follow Jesus, to know God. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the bread of life. Jesus reveals himself as man's only true fulfillment with that statement. This is an invitation to us to be spiritually hunger and and see God, seek Jesus. He said, I am the light of the world. With this, he said, the only light in this world is him. When we follow him, we do not have to continue in sin and darkness and darkness. And then he said, I'm the door. Jesus reveals himself as the only way, the only door to God. That's the only way. I am the vine. He is the source. A vine is the source of the whole, what is that called? The vine is the source of the fruit, the, the grape fruit going. So he is our source. I am the good shepherd. We can follow him. He's the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. These are Jesus speaking. Jesus is God. This is what he say. I am. I am. I am. What am I seeking? Am I seeking all the things in this world? And sometimes it... it it, you don't think you, you seek this, but if I had a very tough week at work, I can't handle it, why am I down? Because probably, and I don't say this is a fact, but I can see it in my life. When I am that down, it's because I didn't spend the, my first time, my, my priority time with Jesus, with God. I am privileged to, to, to have a, a wife that God gave me 43 years ago that for some of you know, know him a little bit better than others, but she's one of those that can ask questions that very, that's very uncomfortable sometimes. And when I say things like this, I can promise you she will remind me of this because this is what we need to do. And I think I wish sometimes I had her attitude in life because I don't think that way. But I need somebody like that in my life. And that's why I appreciate and I love my wife is because God gave it to me for specific reasons so we as a couple can serve him. And I pray that for every one of you married guys here, that you become a couple that can serve God, that can follow God, that can be a unit. And I can say a lot about that. I can give you some marriage advice as well on that. 
if we can if we can read the scriptures now, what I did with the scriptures in the following, um, how much time do we still have? About about an hour. Is that fine? Okay. Um, Yaku, the fair, the next is uh, what I did with the, with these scriptures is basically I'm asking myself the question. Jesus, is he changing my life? How is he changing my life? What effect has the fact that I know Jesus have on my life? And and this is well-known scriptures. Everybody knows it, probably off heart. But do we think about it? Do we pray about it? Do we go and get quiet and ask God to talk to my heart, to change my heart, to be like this? Let's see what the first one is, Luke 6. Now, I took it from a very free, I think it's a good news Bible or something, I can't remember, but this is one of those free translations. So for those, and that's including myself, I, I like to go for the more accurate, literal translations like the King James and New King James. And the, um, but sometimes these translations just make it a little bit more realistic and, and good to read. So I, I, let's go, go through that. And I'm going quickly, well, actually what I want to do is let us read, let everybody read these next, I think it's five slides, Jakob. Yeah, it's five slides. Let, Let us read it quietly and pray about this as you read it. And and when we're done, can how long time do we need to give for one page? Not much, a minute or so. But it's going to take us about five minutes to read through this. Think about every line. Pray, read it slowly. Think about it. Ask God to talk to your heart what you need to hear and to let Him guide you. This is Galatians 5, verse 22. 1 Corinthians 13. Before we go to the next, the last slide, well, actually, I, there's one that we added, but <clears throat> if, I, if we read this, is there any one of us that can say we live like that? And if we look at, if you go, I think, two slides back, just to Galatians 5, and you look at every of those words. Now, what's, what, what is so amazing to me is if you look at the first one, love, and love gets explained in 1 Corinthians 13 in details. And it refers to some of these other that we see here, the fruit. How can I have the fruit? How can I live with this fruit? And one very critical thing is where does this living out of this start? In my house. I don't know who of you were in this church on, I think it was 19 November 2018. Some of you were around that time, but that day I gave a challenge to the, to the church. And today I want to renew that challenge but I want to give you guys a second challenge, especially for the married people. And we need, well, go and pray about it and ask God if you maybe 
need to look at this. There was a little bit of uneasiness that time on the challenge that I gave the church because I said that was about judgment and forgiveness and all of that. And I say, if the scriptures say you, you can't go and have communion if you have something against your brother. So my challenge, and my challenge again is, if you have something against a brother, go and make peace. Go and sort it out. If you can't do it by yourself, you get another brother or sister to go with. We have experienced in a couple of times where people were willing to do this, and the result is amazing because then we are a unity. What does the scripture say? I think it's John 14. The world will know us for the love we have for each other. It's not a fake love. This needs to come from here. I always say to people, the, the distance between the head and the heart is the Holy Spirit. We need to know these things. We need to read it. We need to study it. But at the same time, we need to pray to God to change our hearts, that we can live it with a conviction, with a passion. I need it, and I trust, and I believe most Christians need that because we battle much with maybe not exactly the same issues, but we all have our issues. And we, we can only do that by spending time with God, asking to change our heart as we read, see earlier with that scriptures from the Old Testament, begging him, seeking him to come into our hearts, then we will find him. If I look at the, the, how we can do it, it's simple things. This is not the, the, the whole, the last slide, Yaku, is, is, it's not a recipe, but it's ideas. Because, we must remember God is a living God which is, who's got a relationship with each and every one of us. And he's got a different path for every one of us. He made us individual. We are equal in his eyes. So there, there are a couple of very basic things. And on that read the word, I'm going to ask Yaku to play us a video just after this of some research, probably many of you have seen it. But to me, it was just an encouragement to see what it means just to read the Word. But we need to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. We need to be obedient. If the Scriptures say to me, go and make peace with my brother, if the Scriptures say to me as a husband, I need to love my wife, I need to respect her, I must do it. Whether I sometimes feel irritated with her or not, that's not the case. That's not the, the, the issue. The issue is what do I do? Am I obedient to God or am I obedient to my own human flesh nature reactions? If I am the husband, I need to care for my wife. I need to lead her. I need to be the strong one for her. This is biblical things. We can go into that on a another time it's all from the bible if i'm the wife i need to respect my husband same thing if i'm children i need to respect my parents paul said that many times a church work in a certain way 
That's how God wants it to be. That's why I put it in his scripture. So, those are the basic, basic things, but we need to do it. And not when we feel like that every day. Y'all could play, play that video for us. And then what, after that video, I, I think the, the, the band can come up in the video. But I, if, there, if you have specific problems, say, for instance, you can't forgive somebody, you have an issue, or you're unsure of your relationship with God, where you stand with him, where you stand with Jesus, or you have anything you want somebody to pray, you can come just after that video, come to the front and let somebody pray for you. So I pray that God will bless you and that yeah, each and every one of us will hear his voice and that we will do as he wants us to do. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday, that's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message, one time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow, Ang four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. I, I forgot to say what the challenge for the married couples. I want to I wanna challenge you to in this week tell your spouse why do you appreciate the other one and make a commitment that you know that God put you together and you are in it forever until the end of this time just as people come forward, I just want to close the sermon, um, the service formally. So, 
just going to pray for us. And then if you do want to go over to the coffee station and have some coffee, you're welcome to do so. Um, it's been amazing having you all here and I hope you guys have an amazing Sunday further. Cool. Yeah, Lord God, I just pray that as we all leave this space, Father God, we will truly have this word ministered to us, Father God. I pray just your hand of protection and provision over us in this week to come, Father God. And yeah, I just really trust, Father, for what has been shared to us to really leave a lasting image in our heart, Father God. I pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria. Pretoria.